Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 86, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. KCAA Loma Linda. This is KCAA 1050 AM. I'm Mia Johnson with your local news and weather. San Bernardino is working to tighten its finances after filing for bankruptcy last week. The city council voted yesterday to ease the rules for laying off employees and to suspend cash-outs for department workers. Officials say the steps were necessary to get a handle on the city's already tenuous financial state. The city filed for bankruptcy protection on August 1st, citing concerns about being able to make the August 15th payroll. Also in San Bernardino, an investigation is underway in East San Bernardino where a man was shot outside a liquor store. Gunfire erupted outside Palm Liquor near Highland and Palm Avenues yesterday afternoon around 3.15. The unidentified victim was taken to a local hospital for treatment. A possible gunman was not identified. Police say it was the second shooting in the area that day. And Cal State San Bernardino is among the greatest colleges to work for. The Chronicle of Higher Education asked faculty and staff what they thought of their schools based on one dozen categories. Cal State University San Bernardino was recognized for its facilities, workplace, and security. A total of 103 schools were included on that list. And Inland Empire officials are urging residents to get out tonight during National Night Out. The event gives people a chance to meet their neighbors and law enforcement while learning more about anti-crime strategies. Local cities taking part include Riverside, Rancho Cucamonga, and San Bernardino. And now turning to state news. The state legislator is back from summer recess, and the rush is on to pass pending bills by the end of the month. Some of the high-profile bills being considered include one that would ban the use of dogs to hunt bears and bobcats, and another bill would allow registered nurses to disperse contraceptives in clinics. Lawmakers have until August 31st to pass the measures. Now, the latest from Inland Empire News Radio, Midweek Edition. I'm Jim Ness. The specter of recall has risen in the wake of San Bernardino's bankruptcy filing. Came before the city council voted not to place an initiative on the November ballot, they could have ditched the city charter and made San Bernardino a general law city. Chaz Kelly responded to the recall threat. I was told that 
if I voted in favor of charter change, they would make the recall go away. That's a threat. I believe it's criminal and probably illegal. So I'm going to be calling on the district attorney's office or the grand jury to review that because um, that is not how any elected official should govern. That's not how I'm going to govern. The recall threat came as the city took steps to tighten its finances and to ease layoff rules. Former Upland Mayor John Pomierski is headed to federal prison in a local bribery case. Judge Virginia Phillips sentenced Pomierski to 24 months behind bars and declared he'll have time to reflect on the principle that public service is a sacred trust that cannot be abused for personal enrichment. Spokesman Tom Morosky at the U.S. Attorney's Office. He pleaded guilty to a federal bribery count related to the payment of a $5,000 bribe that he received from a business owner who had hoped to receive a permit from the city of Upland. A former member of Upland's Building Appeals Board pleaded guilty to being the go-between and collected the money on behalf of Pomierski. Closing arguments are to be presented Wednesday in the trial of old fire suspect Ricky Lee Fowler. Murders being alleged because six people died of heart attacks during that deliberately set fire. It destroyed more than 900 homes in and near the San Bernardino Mountains in 2003. This is Inland Empire News Radio. From the KCAA Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Mary Kay. For tonight, mostly clear with a low around 72, and wind gusts could get as high as 20 miles per hour. For Wednesday, here is a reminder that there is an excessive heat watch until Friday evening. You can expect a high near 108 degrees, with heat index values much higher than that, along with sunny skies. For Wednesday night, mostly clear with a low around 72, and for Thursday, you can expect sunny skies and a high near 100. That's your weather forecast for this hour from the station that leaves no listener behind. NBC News Radio, AM 1050 KCAA. The gay artist is apparently taking credit for last week's vandalism at a Chick-fil-A restaurant in Torrance that spoofed the company's billboards. The LA Times say Manny Castro told the Huffington Post last Friday that he was the one who painted the phrase, Tastes Like Hate, with a picture of a cow painting those words. The graffiti was a takeoff of the Chick-fil-A's outdoor ads that featured a Jersey cow painting the words, Eat More Chicken. The Atlanta-based chain has been under fire from gay rights supporters after owner Dan Cathy recently spoke out against same-sex marriage. You're up to date. I'm Mia Johnson on the Inland Talk Express, AM 1050 and KCAA For Culture Shocks with your host, Barry Lynn. All right, and welcome to today's edition of Culture Shocks. Today we are going to explore uh, several of the ramifications and developments in the uh, terrible shooting over the weekend on Sunday uh, at the Sikh Temple in Wisconsin. Uh, one more mass shooting just coming weeks after the Aurora, Colorado killings. Six innocent Americans killed yet, uh, on Sunday at the Temple in Oak Creek, Wisconsin. Uh, we're going to talk later in the hour about the Sikh religion, which is already misunderstood. There are people, including some of uh, the folks on the far right, who say, well, Sikhs are just another kind of Muslim. That is completely false. We're going to explore that with, ironically, a peace activist uh, within the Sikh community. She'll be with us uh, then. But we start uh, with a guest who we've uh, chatted with on a number of occasions, often on sad occasions, Joshua Horowitz. He's the executive director of the Coalition to Stop Gun Violence. Joshua, thanks so much for being with us. 
Barry, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Before we talk about uh, some of the specific suggestions you have for better screening and other ways to control gun violence, a couple of broader questions. First of all, there is a fellow that is ubiquitous now on television, on the cable shows at night, the gentleman who some years ago wrote the book More Guns, Less Crime. The guy right. is on everything. Fundamentally, his argument is actually if more people are armed, criminals get nervous, and there's actually less crime. What is wrong with his thesis and his evidence? Well, it's actually amazing that he's still on, right? Uh, right. The, the fir first of all, um, his studies uh, from a from a academic uh, perspective have been shown to be completely wrong. So the effect um, that he claims uh, has been shown to be incorrect, and the fact is that um, you know, in states, for instance, with liberal concealed carry laws and things like that, crime rates do not go down. Uh, in fact, if there's any evidence, any trend, it's that they go up. Um, but that this whole thing is a complete farce. Uh, and the academic literature makes uh, that completely clear. But the other thing is, and I, you know, the, the other thing is, if you look where there are stronger gun laws, states like Massachusetts, New York, and New Jersey, and Hawaii, that's the states where there's less gun death. So most people don't need an academic study to look at those things and say, wow, we have strict gun laws in those places and we have less gun death. I mean, that's just a common sense thing. The, the other thing is, um, when you, when you think about all the, the, the defensive gun uses people talk about how much you know how right. much uh, how many guns you know they're talking about you know you hear this number it's not John Lotz it's somebody else it's it's, it's kind of Gary Clack you hear these numbers thrown around two million defensive gun uses every year think about your own community right two million huh. defensive gun is, is a thousand a day of course right? and of course. so on on the face of these things these studies are wrong and I'm I'm just shocked that going back to John Lott that he he even gets on TV anymore. I mean, the guy has been completely shown, his data has completely been shown to be wrong. I mean, you know, the whole um, Freakonomics, you know, guys took this on a number exactly. of years ago and completely destroyed this theory. And then, you know, the academics from, from, from across the country, from studies from UCLA and studies from Yale, totally shown this is just nonsense. When, when you come up with the counter evidence and talk about something like Hawaii or a, country, or a state like New York that does have strong uh, gun rules, then people, though, go to a place like Washington, D.C., from which this uh, show emanates. But people hear about crime in Washington, and they say, well, wait a minute, Washington, D.C. has pretty strict gun laws. And if they're listening, if folks are listening out in Michigan or listening out in California, they say, well, wait a minute, how does Mr. Horwitz explain the fact that D.C. has strong gun laws? And they still get a lot of people killed, sometimes five and six on a weekend. Right. So, I mean, that, that, you know, that was, people talked a lot about that a while ago, and they still do, but the evidence just isn't there. Number one, um, D.C., the, the murder rate in D.C. has drastically declined in, a, in, in the last, you know, decade. Mm -hmm. So that there are other states, for instance, in cities like New Orleans, uh, who have, you know, with, with very liberal gun laws, easy, easy access to guns, which have far higher crime rates. So that, exactly. that, that, doesn't, that doesn't really work in that level anymore. But there's other thing that's interesting is that, D.C., because of their laws, two things, sells no crime guns. Literally no gun sold legally in D.C. ever get into the criminal market. You know, something like 99, you know, maybe 0.05% mm -hmm. get into the, into the criminal market. So we've done an excellent job in D.C. of doing our part. The part that um, is, is a problem is that unlike Massachusetts or New York, which has some other states with good gun laws around it, at least to the south, right. um, 
we're we're surrounded by Virginia, which has terrible gun laws. Right. So, and we're a tiny little place, but it's not our problem. It's another. It's other states who haven't done the same thing. And I. And the other thing that people don't don't realize, but I think is is equally important, is that D.C. has an almost a non-existent gun suicide problem. And mm. people may not know this, but suicides make up more than half of all gun deaths. And so the, the D.C. gun laws have done an excellent job, of, especially with young people, of keeping keeping the suicide rate, uh, gun suicide rate, almost at zero, very, uh, which very is far far different than other places. Yeah, and, and often a forgotten fact. And of course, we we actually talked on this show about how elderly men they lose their spouse, and uh, suicide is, of course, an enormously and growing problem with with elderly men who survive their their uh, their wife. Talk to me on another score before we get into the specifics about the handguns used in Wisconsin. It's very similar, not the identical ones necessarily, but very similar to handguns used uh, in Aurora, Colorado. Twelve deaths in uh, Congressman uh, Gifford's assassination attempt, six deaths right. there. And also, uh, Shang Cho at the Virginia Tech massacre in 2007, 32 killed. This is the same kind of weapon. For non-gun owners or people who, what is this kind of weapon and why why is it so popular? Right. Well, 20 years ago, you you know there were there were some semi-automatic handguns, but most people had revolvers and they used them for people called plinking or for self-defense. Revolvers were really what what people use for for mm-hmm. self-defense. There was at that time, of course, it's, there was the you know the sort of the the, the Colt um, Navy 911. It was a 45 caliber. Uh, semi-automatic pistol, uh, and that was, you know, that was sort of the not the only extent, but basically that's what was was out there. And those typically had, I think, at the time, eight rounds or something like that. Um, Twenty years later, now the vast majority of uh, weapons out there, the new weapons are semi-automatic pistols. They're in a, a bunch of different calibers, but now you see nine millimeter and forty caliber. Uh, mm-hmm. And the sort of, you know, the reason you see a lot of nine and ten millimeter guns. Uh, is because a the technology has made them a lot lighter, so there's a lot more plastic parts, and, and Glock was the was the company that sort of made made, um, made that happen. But nine, the, the nine, but the thing about the nine millimeter is you can put uh, seven, you know, up to seventeen, eighteen rounds in a in a um, in the magazine that doesn't even right. extend beyond the grip. Now you can, of course, now add. Magazines extend well beyond the grip, sure. but these are things that you can put in your pocket and and conceal, and now have 17 rounds of nine millimeter ammunition. And of course, uh, and there's a reason these these people aren't using revolvers because we've you know, when you're when you want to kill as many people as possible, you want to go for as much firepower. Now. Josh, is there, is there, before we have to take a break, is there any, what one would call, even by a stretch of the phrase, legitimate use for these semi-automatic handguns? Well, look, there's, you can, people use them for self-defense, people, you can target shoot with them, but our objection is not necessarily with the mechanism, it's with the magazines. We need, Mm -hmm. we have too many, too much firepower on the street. People come into these situations way too, you know, with so much, Ammunition. So these Mac, you can put now. You can get these Glocks, thirty-five round magazines. Too much firepower, uh, and and we. That's why we favor going back to a ten-round magazine limit, which is what was in place during the, the time we had the assault weapons ban. Okay, so the assault weapon ban, when that expired, then the limitation on the number of rounds in these magazines expired also. 
Right, exactly. So you couldn't buy. You, you couldn't buy at that point. It was you know it was illegal to buy extended mag- any kind of new extended magazine. So you couldn't at that time the Glock, you know, Glocks etc. were coming with ten round magazines. Um, which you know is, is that different than a seventeen? Well, if you're the eleventh person shot, yeah, yeah. it is. Yes, because, it is. You know. All right, we got to take a little uh, break. Joshua Horowitz, the executive director of the Coalition to Stop Gun Violence. When we come back, we're going to continue this and look at some possible remedies. What would have made a difference? Uh, in the alleged gunman, Wade Michael Page, obtaining what he used, he obtained it legally, used it illegally to kill six people and severely wound a police officer on Sunday. We'll be back on Culture Has your internet service slowed you down? Do any of these experiences sound familiar? No high-speed internet available? Slow or unreliable connections? Waiting for hours for a simple answer? Unexpected charges to your bill? If your answer is yes, then CyberTime Network Communications has the answer. With CyberTime, you'll receive high-speed internet and data connectivity at the speeds you need. Reliable, experienced, proven, and secure professional service. 24-7 customer care and technical support. No hidden fees or charges. You'll know all the costs in advance. CyberTime is a local, professional, no-nonsense internet service provider with high bandwidth facilities located throughout the Inland Empire. Call today at 909-795-9980. That's 909-795-9980. Call 909-795-9980 for CyberTime. These are challenging economic times, but challenges often create opportunity. KCAA Radio has always welcomed challenges, and we have found success by moving forward in faith and with boundless determination, regardless of the odds. KCAA is currently looking for a few motivated individuals who are equally determined to improve their situation in these tough economic times. So if you're unemployed or just underemployed and you share our determination, we may have the life-changing opportunity that you've been seeking, an opportunity to become part of our KCAA family. This is a commission-based position that offers our guidance and our support to help you earn some of the highest commission rates in the industry. If you're interested, call 909-486-3047. That's 909-486-3047 for more information. Attention dieters. How do you like to get paid $1,000 simply for losing ugly fat? Now you can. How many more attempts at losing weight are you going to endure before you understand the fact that almost all diets are impossible to stick to? Have you fallen into dieters despair? Now you can receive $1,000 as part of a real-life weight loss program underway from coast to coast. Amazing breakthrough hunger-smashing smoothies are now available to the general public. This hunger-smashing smoothie called Slendaline allows you to lose weight rapidly and effectively without a doctor's prescription. All participants who get paid $1,000 will be documented proof that this revolutionary hunger-smashing smoothie, Slendaline, outperforms every other diet when used by real people in real life. Call now and get paid $1,000 simply for losing ugly fat. Call 800-417-3445. That's 800-417-3445. Call 800-417-3445. Again, 800-417-3445. Don't, 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 don't. 
Has your internet service slowed you down? Do any of these experiences sound familiar? No high-speed internet available? Slow or unreliable connections? Waiting for hours for a simple answer? Unexpected charges to your bill? If your answer is yes, then CyberTime Network Communications has the answer. With CyberTime, you'll receive high-speed internet and data connectivity at the speeds you need. Reliable, experienced, proven, and secure professional service. 24-7 customer care and technical support. No hidden fees or charges. You'll know all the costs in advance. CyberTime is a local, professional, no-nonsense internet service provider with high bandwidth facilities located throughout the Inland Empire. Call today at 909-795-9980. That's 909-795-9980. Call 909-795-9980 for CyberTime. These are challenging economic times, but challenges often create opportunity. KCAA Radio has always welcomed challenges, and we have found success by moving forward in faith and with boundless determination, regardless of the odds. KCAA is currently looking for a few motivated individuals who are equally determined to improve their situation in these tough economic times. So if you're unemployed or just underemployed and you share our determination, we may have the life-changing opportunity that you've been seeking, an opportunity to become part of our KCAA family. This is a commission-based position that offers our guidance and our support to help you earn some of the highest commission rates in the industry. If you're interested, call 909-486-3047. That's 909-486-3047 for more information. You're listening to Culture Shocks with Barry Lynn on the Genesis Communication Network. Talking about the mass shooting on Sunday, we learn more and more about the shooter, uh, alleged shooter, out uh, in Wisconsin at the Sikh uh, Temple in Oak Creek, Wisconsin. We're talking to Josh Horwitz. He's the executive director of the Coalition to Stop Gun Violence. And, Josh, let me uh, ask you something about the press release you sent out uh, yesterday. Our hearts are heavy today as we join the nation in mourning the six innocent Americans who were killed yesterday at a Sikh temple in Oak Creek, Wisconsin. But thoughts and prayers are no longer enough in an America that experiences one mass shooting tragedy after another. You suggest that what we need to say to elected officials is restore sanity to the screening system for gun buyers in this country. Now, uh, you said he had a personal history replete with red flags. We're talking about neo-Nazi Wade Michael Page. One thing you point out as a red flag, he was discharged under less than honorable conditions from the military. Um, I don't know if you know this about my history, but I mean, for a number of years, I, I represented Vietnam veterans uh, who had these other than honorable discharges, and some of them uh, had done bad things, and a whole lot of them were just kicked out because the military didn't want to deal with them, and they kind of said, listen, you just get out, we won't court-martial you, and sometimes it was really phony. It was just a way to avoid having to deal with some guy who was not in any way a criminal. So 
You're not suggesting that every time a person gets an administrative discharge from the military, they should be assumed to be dangerous. No, no, not at all. We don't, we don't know the facts of the general discharge. We're trying to right now. Um, I think the I think the operative sort of approach to here is that um, that right now you have sort of like this electronic screening method, and if you don't fall into one of these ten predefined categories, being a felon or adjudicated to mental incompetent, mm-hmm. uh, at that point, you know, there's nothing that that most states will do. Um, there are states that take a different approach, and for instance, New Jersey is one of those approach, those states where they will actually have somebody think about your record, and they will look and say, "Are you in total someone who is dangerous? Could be dangerous with a firearm?" And I think you know that's more of the pro- that's the type of approach that leads to New Jersey having a low gun death rate. Uh, well, when you say think about a record, though, I mean, what, that's almost standardless. I mean, there must be some series of things specifically that they're looking at. Would they have looked at his political affiliations? Well, in New Jersey, actually, it's really, it's, it's more, they look at, it's not a political thing. It's much more focused on mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of mental health records they have, but but you have and you they can even interview a neighbor there. You have to waive your privacy uh, uh, concerns about your mental health record, and so the law enforcement take a look because problem the problem is is that the the mental health side of this is so high. Uh, adjudicated a mental incompetent, very few people are adjudicated a mental incompetent or adjudicated uh, so as to be committed involuntarily to a mental institution. And we just need, you know, you have to have other standards. Now, we don't we don't know exactly all the history here, but you know that the Southern Poverty Law Center has had this guy on their radar for 10 years. True. You know that we know the FBI has had encounters with him, whether or followed him, whether but they, they but they didn't have enough evidence to make some type of arrest. I'm sure there'll be more data that comes out on that. But the well, let me we, just uh, again. I mean, I'm just uh, I'm in general, of course, agreement with sure. what what you've been arguing. But this does make me a little nervous. Mark Potok, who is a frequent guest on this show, works for the Southern Poverty Law Center. He's been quoted in regard to this specific individual as saying they didn't even have enough to do anything, including alert law enforcement. They were just kind of watching him for the last 10 years of his, quote, music, I guess, career. Right. So, I mean, what would you, what should have been done in your judgment if even the Southern Poverty Law Center specifically didn't identify this guy as a Look, bigger danger than the characters right. who are also singing with him? Right. So this person right now um, under federal law is is not prohibited. And, and I don't, we don't have enough information uh, right now to know whether he should or should have been prohibited. But I think the point is that we don't do that investigation, right? There are some mm-hmm. states that do that, but, but as a general proposition, we do not do an adequate background check. We do not. We don't know what this person's mental health history is. We don't know what his history with substance abuse is. Uh, we don't know why he was discharged from the military. And those are the types of things I think that we we can we all. I I, I mean I think it's easy to do this in hindsight, mm-hmm. but we can all agree that this is not the type of person we want to have a nine miller, you know, as many nine millimeter weapons as they want. And so, um, but but we don't know. And, and and part of that is trying to identify. When we start thinking about what needs to happen in this country, identifying rational criteria for exclusion, which we don't really have right now. 
we have a, it's a very high threshold. People can commit misdemeanor after misdemeanor after misdemeanor, even violent misdemeanors, mm-hmm. and still get firearms. And for instance, violent misdemeanors are really indication, of, a strong indication of future violence. Uh, but federal law does not include that. And so, um, you know, we, it, it, you know, and, and also alcohol, yeah. you know, serious alcohol abuse is not part of that. And this guy may have had that. We don't know. Right. But the, the, but, but the point is, is that. We don't know because no one's asking the questions. Right, we need but, to ask those questions, and we need to think about what is a rational basis for exclusion. Yeah, I think the misdemeanor thing is very important because a lot of times people, you know, they get convicted for a misdemeanor, but they pleaded it down. They could have been charged with something else. This is a way to kind of get rid of them, get them into the criminal justice system at a lower point, but not have to go through all of the uh, hassle uh, in the view of some prosecutors of trying to get a, a conviction for uh, a, a felony. I understand that. Uh, But here is a guy that's been examined now for almost 48 hours, and you're right. We don't know a lot of these details. How intrusive would it have to be to have an investigation prior to the sale of one of these weapons that would go into everything, including this mental history, uh, mental health history, which is, you know, kind of hard to find because of the medical privacy laws that are federal as well as state? Right, which is why New Jersey asks you to waive your privacy rights. Waive your rights. Yeah, and and, and, but the thing is, you're you know, it's not like when you the 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 issue here is that um, those laws that law has been you know is 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 on the books, Mm -hmm. is administered fairly, and New Jersey people can get firearms, but they are able to keep people who would be a danger to the community. Uh, from from getting these increasingly more more sophisticated high powered firearms, has the and, National and the, Rifle Association or any other gun group sued in New Jersey to try to prevent the implementation of this plan, or did they just recognize it common sense and let it go? Well, look, they've tried they've they've tried to do, they've tried to do that, right? And yep. um, so so far unsuccessfully, uh, because it, it's it's you know the, it, there's not you know there's everything is in one way or another subjective, right? Yep. Um, whether you get convicted is a crime in some way subjective. So you want to make it, you want to use as many objective criteria as you possibly can, but at the same time, you want to, you want to do an, a thorough enough background check, uh, so that people who are truly dangerous, um, you know, are identified. Exactly. And, and, and it, look, it's a tough thing, and it used yep. to be, it used to be easier. Yeah, right? but, but now, now you, it, but, it's, but the, the, the It's tough. Uh, Josh, I'm afraid we're out of time, but I want to thank you very much. And I just want to point people to the book that you co-authored, Guns, Democracy, and the Insurrectionist Idea. We've talked with Josh about that before. We thank him for joining us on the show. Uh, When we come back, a Sikh activist talks about her faith and what she's been trying to do to reduce violence worldwide. We'll be back for more on Culture Shocks. If you missed the KCA Morning Show, then you missed this. I figured that because Paul botches a Dion Warwick song, I'm going to botch it today. <laughs> oh, Lord. Deja vu. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Could you be the dream that I <laughs> Is it you? I don't know any of the words of this song. <laughs> la, la, la. Deja vu. <laughs> and Rick's singing the air right now. You should see it on the air. Could you be the dream that awesome. <laughs> Shining through. <laughs> awesome job, Rick. Awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Me. Oh, man. <laughs> I keep remembering you. 
do remember that part. Join us every weekday morning at 9 a.m. for the KCAA Morning Show exclusively on AM 1050 and KCAA Has your internet service slowed you down? Do any of these experiences sound familiar? No high-speed internet available? Slow or unreliable connections? Waiting for hours for a simple answer? Unexpected charges to your bill? If your answer is yes, then CyberTime Network Communications has the answer. With CyberTime, you'll receive high-speed internet and data connectivity at the speeds you need. Reliable, experienced, proven, and secure professional service. 24-7 customer care and technical support. No hidden fees or charges. You'll know all the costs in advance. CyberTime is a local, professional, no-nonsense internet service provider with high bandwidth facilities located throughout the Inland Empire. Call today at 909-795-9980. That's 909-795-9980. Call 909-795-9980 for CyberTime. These are challenging economic times, but challenges often create opportunity. KCAA Radio has always welcomed challenges, and we have found success by moving forward in faith and with boundless determination, regardless of the odds. KCAA is currently looking for a few motivated individuals who are equally determined to improve their situation in these tough economic times. So if you're unemployed or just underemployed and you share our determination, we may have the life-changing opportunity that you've been seeking, an opportunity to become part of our KCAA family. This is a commission-based position that offers our guidance and our support to help you earn some of the highest commission rates in the industry. If you're interested, call 909-486-3047. That's 909-486-3047 for more information. Attention dieters. How do you like to get paid $1,000 simply for losing ugly fat? Now you can. How many more attempts at losing weight are you going to endure before you understand the fact that almost all diets are impossible to stick to? Have you fallen into dieters despair? Now you can receive $1,000 as part of a real-life weight loss program underway from coast to coast. Amazing breakthrough hunger-smashing smoothies are now available to the general public. This hunger-smashing smoothie called Slendaline allows you to lose weight rapidly and effectively without a doctor's prescription. All participants who get paid $1,000 will be documented proof that this revolutionary hunger-smashing smoothie, Slendaline, outperforms every other diet when used by real people in real life. Call now and get paid $1,000 simply for losing ugly fat. Call 800-417-3445. That's 800-417-3445. Call 800-417-3445. Again, 800-417-3445. Hello, my name is Stephanie Georgiev, and I am the host of Real Food Empire. Real Food Empire is the only local radio show in the Inland Empire to explore the delicious journey of how to eat for the health of your body, your soul, the land, and community. Each week, Real Food Empire will interview local chefs, vintners, brewmasters, farmers, gardeners, and leaders in the public health communities. We'll visit farms and food producers, bakeries, and more. I will also give tips on how to make real food fast that is both nutritious and delicious. 
Follow Real Food Empire on Facebook, Twitter, and my new blog for extra interviews and information on how to heal your body and your community. Real Food Empire, a great way to start your week. Sundays from 9 to 10 a.m. on KCAA 1050 a.m. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. All right, we are back right here on Culture Shocks. Uh, We've been talking about uh, the murders. And that's what they were. There's nothing random about this. There's nothing uh, unplanned or senseless about what happened out in uh, in Wisconsin on Sunday. Uh, this was a planned attack, a murder uh, directed at the Sikh community, the Sikh American community here in the United States, and uh, by a person who now we know has had a long neo-Nazi history. We can argue, chat about, as we have for the last half hour, issues of the regulation of guns or and or, more specifically, better screening for people who today can legally buy guns, as apparently uh, this shooter could. But I think part of the issue here is that so few people before Sunday and before interviews started to arise on CNN and elsewhere had any idea of what the Sikh community in the United States is like, what they believe. Just recently, of course, a a mini-scandal at uh, one of the uh, military academies over uh, claims that Sikhs were, quote, just Muslims, uh, as if there was no distinction, as if the distinction mattered. Uh, so we wanted to get some better idea of what the Sikh community in the United States is like and their response to what has happened. Nina Chanpreet Kaur is the director of school partnerships at Peace First. She's a writer and educator on the editorial board uh, for Sikh Women and Their Love Stories collection. She's written in places like the Harlem Times and a publication I must say is new to me, Sikh Cheek. And uh, Nina, thank you very much for being with us. Thank you, Barry, for having me. Okay, this is a deliberate effort. There's no question that that this fellow was not going to go to a Methodist church or even a Jewish synagogue. He was targeting your community. Why do you? That's right. Why do you think that he was doing that? You know, Barry, I think um, my uh, my burning cause, should I say, or my passion in life is really about human development. And this question is something I've been trying to answer for a very long time, set aside from the incident that just happened. Sure. So the question of why people engage in acts of violence and why they target certain populations is a very big question. Um, it's one I've read about and been studying my entire life and one that I've had a very long curiosity about. I think, um, you know, let's start with the, I guess, the most obvious, which is that six have been targeted, um, you know, throughout American history, but especially after 9-11. They've been targeted not just Mm -hmm. because, uh, not just as victims of mistaken identity, um, but because we stand out. 
um, and, and people don't know what we stand for. Um, I believe I believe right after 9/11 that when the first shooting, the first act of violence directed at uh, non-obviously Caucasian people was an Arizona gas station attendant who I believe was a Sikh. He, he was not a member of the Muslim that's community. Correct. Was well, killed. Think so, D. Yeah, that's correct. Yep, he was murdered um, in, a, in a hate crime. And so, you know, I think uh, to, to answer the, the bigger part of your question, though, sh- sure, there are in, in our political climate, six have been targeted. Um, uh, seriously targeted, aggressively targeted, uh, whether it's, you know, um, taunting and bullying or stares um, to, to what we have that's just happened this weekend, the, the, the full range, um, profiling everything. Um, this has been a pattern since 9-11, and it's been getting more aggressive. Is um, this, and the identification for people who, who may not have, uh, you know, may not have followed anything in the last couple of days, uh, it is because of clothing, it is because of headwear that the Sikh community is identifiable and therefore becomes, it looks like the other, you know, and, and race plays a factor in this, but people just get, nervous about it you know i i think there's there are a lot of factors at play here and one of them is is not just because we look different um but because the premise of our faith is very community oriented Mm -hmm. so we have um you know we exist communally we exist in large numbers You'll, you'll see us together often we wear the turban i think people don't understand why and what that means and it is so different um, from other traditions and there just isn't a lot of understanding about it and what's what's uh, fascinating Barry is the fact that the reason why six on the turban um, is actually quite simple it's not that complex and it's not that scary and it's very hard for people to digest um, uh, so I'm, would you like me to yeah, share a little bit I, about I, why? Yeah, I really would because I think it'd be helpful for listeners around the country. Um, so historically, Sikhs have worn the turban um, for a number of reasons. Uh, it's an article of our faith. Um, Sikh men typically wear uh, the turban and maintain uncut hair. Observant Sikh women also maintain uncut hair. Uh, many Sikh women also tie a turban or the star. It is an article of our faith, and and. One of the reasons why we wore it was at the time when Sikhism was formed, um, there was a lot of religious violence in South Asia, and particularly in the northern part of India and South Asia. And so um, the founders of the religion wanted to create a, a sort of a new social order based on equality. So you had people killing one another because of religion. And family structure and the entire societal order was turned upside down. And so Sikhism really rose during this time as a response to the needs of the social climate at that time. And if we look at what's going on today, that climate isn't that much changed. And so um, Sikhs began to don the turban um, because at that time people of uh, standing economic or political um, positions in society would tie the turban. And... um, we began to wear it to to revert that, to say anyone can wear this. We are all divine. We are all connected. We are all beautiful people. We're all going to wear this turban. We're all going to keep our hair uncut. Right. Um, and so it was really as a marker of equality. Um, and the second most important part, or maybe even maybe the most important reason for it, is because Sikhs are very committed to social justice. 
to what we call seva or selfless service. And mm-hmm. so by wearing the turban or carrying this identity, you stand out, and you stand out for good reason, so people know you're going to help. And so, and so that you are uh, in a position where you're standing up for your values. No, there was, you know, uh, there was a, a time when people would say, "Well, you know, don't kill me. I, I'm actually not the religion you think I am. I'll just say I'm this religion or that religion." Sure. And and it was kind of a way to say, "No, we're going to stand up for our beliefs. We're going to sacrifice ourselves for the greater cause of humanity. This is our identity." Selfless service as a concept, uh, as some people may know, back uh, when I worked for the American Civil Liberties Union a long time ago, uh, there was an effort after a Supreme Court case that barred the wearing of a yarmulke by an Air Force chaplain, an effort to correct this measure. Uh, by congressional action, and it was easy to uh, find support for wearing yarmulkes. However, then uh, Sikh Americans uh, approached me and said, look, uh, you know, we want to make sure that any legislation also provides for wearing other religious headwear, including our own, because we do have many Sikhs in the United States military. Is that still the case? I mean, uh, it is the case. It's it's um, growing in number. Uh, there have been a, a number of um, legal proceedings to that end in the recent uh, years, especially after uh, 2001, after 9/11. Um, that's correct. Yeah, and uh, but this so service does not necessarily equate to pacifism, or this is not a a, a religious belief system that says under no circumstances can we engage in an act of violence. Sometimes it's justified, like Catholics uh, view just and unjust wars. Well, it's, it's, really, about, uh, it's, it's really about serving justice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's the northern light for us, which is protecting uh, humanity, protecting justice. Right. And it's not, it's not at any cost, but it is, uh, you know, we believe that it is our duty as human beings, it is our birthright as human beings to protect. Sure. Um, and so that's, that's where that ethos comes from. Okay, that, and, and again, that's not dissimilar to the highest calling of a whole lot of religions that have more adherence in the United States and are more familiar. When we come back, we continue the conversation with Nina Chanpreet Kaur. She's the Director of School Partnerships at Peace First. We'll find out exactly what Peace First is doing uh, here in the United States and uh, to stop uh, violence and to serve selflessly. We'll be back. Has your internet service slowed you down? Do any of these experiences sound familiar? No high-speed internet available? Slow or unreliable connections? Waiting for hours for a simple answer? Unexpected charges to your bill? If your answer is yes, then CyberTime Network Communications has the answer. With CyberTime, you'll receive high-speed internet and data connectivity at the speeds you need. Reliable, experienced, proven, and secure professional service. 24-7 customer care and technical support. No hidden fees or charges. You'll know all the costs in advance. CyberTime is a local, professional, no-nonsense internet service provider with high bandwidth facilities located throughout the Inland Empire. Call today at 909-795-9980. That's 909-795-9980. Call 909-795-9980 for CyberTime. These are challenging economic times, but challenges often create opportunity. 
KCAA Radio has always welcomed challenges, and we have found success by moving forward in faith and with boundless determination, regardless of the odds. KCAA is currently looking for a few motivated individuals who are equally determined to improve their situation in these tough economic times. So if you're unemployed or just underemployed and you share our determination, we may have the life-changing opportunity that you've been seeking, an opportunity to become part of our KCAA family. This is a commission-based position that offers our guidance and our support to help you earn some of the highest commission rates in the industry. If you're interested, call 909-486-3047. That's 909-486-3047 for more information. Attention dieters. How do you like to get paid $1,000 simply for losing ugly fat? Now you can. How many more attempts at losing weight are you going to endure before you understand the fact that almost all diets are impossible to stick to? Have you fallen into dieters despair? Now you can receive $1,000 as part of a real life weight loss program underway from coast to coast. Amazing breakthrough hunger smashing smoothies are now available to the general public. This hunger smashing smoothie called Slenda Lean allows you to lose weight rapidly and effectively without a doctor's prescription. All participants who get paid $1,000 will be documented proof that this revolutionary hunger-smashing smoothie, Slendaline, outperforms every other diet when used by real people in real life. Call now and get paid $1,000 simply for losing ugly fat. Call 800-417-3445. That's 800-417-3445. Call 800-417-3445. Again, 800-417-3445. Has your internet service slowed you down? Do any of these experiences sound familiar? No high-speed internet available? Slow or unreliable connections? Waiting for hours for a simple answer? Unexpected charges to your bill? If your answer is yes, then CyberTime Network Communications has the answer. With CyberTime, you'll receive high-speed internet and data connectivity at the speeds you need. Reliable, experienced, proven, and secure professional service. 24-7 customer care and technical support. No hidden fees or charges. You'll know all the costs in advance. CyberTime is a local, professional, no-nonsense internet service provider with high bandwidth facilities located throughout the Inland Empire. Call today at 909-795-9980. That's 909-795-9980. Call 909-795-9980 for CyberTime. These are challenging economic times, but challenges often create opportunity. KCAA Radio has always welcomed challenges, and we have found success by moving forward in faith and with boundless determination, regardless of the odds. KCAA is currently looking for a few motivated individuals who are equally determined to improve their situation in these tough economic times. So if you're unemployed or just underemployed and you share our determination, we may have the life-changing opportunity that you've been seeking, an opportunity to become part of our KCAA family. This is a commission-based position that offers our guidance and our support to help you earn some of the highest commission rates in the industry. If you're interested, call 909-486-3047. That's 909-486-3047 for more information. 
the most diversified radio station on the dial, AM 1050 KCAA. Now back to Culture Shocks with Barry Lynn on the Genesis Communication Network. All right, we are back, uh, wrapping up today's uh, program, trying to take a look uh, both at the weapons that were responsible and irresponsibly in the hands of the shooter at the Sikh temple in Wisconsin on Sunday, but also getting a better understanding of the Sikh community, uh, what it's all about, uh, its religious origins, what it believes. And my guest is Nina Chanpreet Kaur. She's the director of school partnerships at Peace First. Before we talk about Peace First, uh, a lot of... uh, Writing, a lot of ink has been spilled on a lot of television footage uh, subjected to the following question. Did Wade Michael Page target the Sikh temple because you were Sikhs or because he thought you were Muslims? Um, because a lot of people refuse to bother to find out what the difference is. But does that question really make any difference, whether he targeted you for the one reason or reason B? Does that does it matter? Mary, I, I think the answer to your question is the initial question that you asked me, which is yeah. why would someone do such a thing? Why right. would someone target any community? And I think the answer to that question, um, there are many answers to that question. And I'll start by saying that, um, we as a society today tolerate small acts of hate, or mm. might I say, uh, small acts that are not kind. So right. you have a look of hostility for some stranger you don't know, a child is bullied, um, someone is picked on. These are small things. We let them go. We let them go, and they build. And so as a society, our response to hate, our response to dealing with hate is limited, um, And on a structural level, there are a number of ways in which our government, um, our political representatives, um, even our local communities aren't doing enough to track things like hate crimes against six. We are not doing as much as we can from a structural perspective to prevent discrimination. Um, And so there are conditions, pre-existing conditions for Uh, events like this to occur. For someone to feel, let's put ourselves in the mind of Wade Michael Page, for someone to feel they can go and open arms on a temple, on a a holy Sunday, sweet Sunday morning when people are praying. That's enormous. He's doing that because he believes not only is it warranted, but he can. And so, there, and there, there are so many, uh, there are so many other, uh, reasons. I think if we focus on the issue of what, why he's targeting, is it because we're Muslim or Sikh? The point is we're human beings, you know? Exactly. And, um, I, uh, Sikhs for a long time throughout history, very, uh, in South Asia, in the diaspora, in the U.S., have challenged the status quo. We contribute selflessly to society. We challenge the status quo with our identity. We say, no, wait, we're all equal. Mm-hmm. That's new still. Still, in 2012, Absolutely. that is new. And so I think, you know, we've been targeted. We've been victims of oppression, and we're very resilient. But, but we have been victims of oppression for uh, 
Oh no! Since the birth of faith, of course. Now, uh, this raises two other questions. But you would not be opposed, and I I, I think uh, it is still, I think, not the policy of the Federal Bureau of Investigation specifically to look at hate crimes against your community. They're not tabulating them specifically, are they? Uh, there have been recent efforts to, on behalf of, uh, in particular, the Sikh Coalition, to um, mobilize on this. And I believe that there have been some recent developments. Um, but uh, it, it, you are correct. It's, uh, we're not yet tracking hate crimes against Sikhs um, in uh, the way that we could. Uh, as I guess what yeah. I'll say, I'm sorry, I don't have more Oh, that's details okay. on the recent development. All right, but, but, but I mean, it yeah. would be a good thing to do. I, I know that uh, we do a lot of shows uh, on this program about bullying, its various manifestations. Uh, we chatted a few months ago with Peter Yarrow from Peter, Paul, and Mary, who has a whole curriculum designed to explain to people that bullying at the level of a junior high school has in many ways the same mechanism that wars have when they get started. Identify somebody else as the other, punish them in some way, and then when it escalates, blame them for the escalation. How does Sikh children, for example, deal with going to school in public schools in Los Angeles or Detroit or Washington or any place where people listen to this show? How do how do school districts in general deal with mm -hmm. that bullying against your religious faith specifically? So, uh, you know, Barry, I think you, you can't solve um, a problem if you don't know what the problem is. And so the reason why the tracking of hate crimes and the tracking of bullying is really important is so that um, not only can investigators be aware, but as you said, school districts, educators, parents can actually identify the problem and, and take steps to respond. In terms of the district-level response, school-level response, uh, there are a lot of initiatives by major sick organizations, sick coalition, um, um, most importantly, mm -hmm. to, you know, give educational information to the schools, to train staff on how to respond, to get information about Sikhism in textbooks. When there are incidences of bullying, uh, you know, there are protocols in every city and every state that mandate reporters, that mandate teachers to report it. Um, and to be honest, uh, various parents, it's yep. parents who do the work when there is bullying, they step up. It's the, it's the mothers of sick children, it's their fathers right now who are doing the lion's share of that work because schools aren't prepared. You know, I talked to a number of my young um, friends who are my mm -hmm. age who are just married or having young kids, and we talk a lot about this, which schools are prepared. Right. Where do I send my children? I live in New York City. I can't tell you five of them. Right. Right. In other words, the, the programs aren't there. The literature, the materials, the programs, the anti-bullying literature is available. But again, at the local level, if nobody pushes to have it used, well... Exactly. It, know, it, it it's beyond annoyed. having those materials. It's really about getting on the ground and making sure those... Um, uh, those things are actually being implemented and put into place, and there's real human resources on the problem. So teachers are trained, right? Parents know how to exactly. respond. Kids know what to say. That's really the level that's needed right now. And, and there, there is mobilization on this front. I'm not saying there isn't, but no. um, it's a tough thing to address, especially as it just keeps growing. The um, Anti-Defamation anti League and the Southern Poverty Law Center are friends of... Uh, 
of this program, and we've, we chat with those folks a lot uh, about a variety of issues. Does the Sikh American community, for example, have ties? I mean, do you follow what's being done by people in the intelligence gathering arena at the Southern Poverty Law Center to try to see if there's any particularized way in which any of these subgroups, these hate groups, this hate music phenomenon specifically is trying to focus directly on the Sikh community? Yeah, I think that's a good question. Uh, on the, on the, I guess, political side of things, most sick organizations, sick coalition, for instance, are, are connected mm-hmm. to non-sick organizations like those that you described. But on right. the educational front, um, I, I think that that's a great idea, which is to get more connected to see uh, what they're finding out and what the best responses are. Um, so, Barry, you know, I, I keep, I keep wanting to go back to your first question because yeah. I think there are more answers. Yeah, I mean, well, let's talk about that broader. I mean, in the response to this, sadly, uh, you know, if you were someone tracking all these hate groups, there would have been, uh, you'd be telling me that there were people who were actually saying, good, glad this happened, because this happens after everything involving neo-Nazi groups. But this broader issue of, of identifying anybody that's a little bit different as a person who is potentially an enemy, and then the overlay here is... And probably an enemy terrorist. That word. Well, you know, Barry, I have a slightly unique perspective on Mm -hmm. this. Uh, Something I've given a lot of thought to. I agree. Identifying an enemy is for sure part of the process uh, of any hate group, and we know that. We've seen that, right? Um, Absolutely. But, but I, I think it goes a little bit deeper. Um, I. I'm looking at this, I still, you know, when things like this happen, I sit and I think of the mind of the person. I think of uh, Wade Michael Page. I think of his thoughts. You know, I'm curious. I'm very curious. And I, in my experience, I don't think, and I, I, I would put my life on this, I don't believe there is one neo-Nazi, there is one murderer, there is one person who's killed another human being out of hate that does not hate themselves deeply. Right. So we also have to look at the internal uh, mind of that person, and I'm not talking about mental health illness. No, 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 no. Um, uh, But it really stems from, uh, you know, uh, hate. The seed of hate is much deeper than identifying an enemy. Because you know, Nina, uh, I'm sorry. We we have to uh, cut to a break, uh, and we have to say goodbye to Nina Chanpreet Kaur. But I do want to have you back on the show to talk some more about that the self-loathing that creates the mindset of being a killer of others. That does it for today's edition. I'm Barry Lynn. We'll talk again. This edition of Culture Shocks has been produced by Diane Robinson, engineered by Dwayne Davis, and the Genesis Communication Network technical staff. Visit us online at cultureshocks.com. KCAA Loma Linda. This is KCAA 1050 AM. I'm Johnson with your local news and weather. San Bernardino is working to tighten its finances after filing for bankruptcy last week. The city council voted yesterday to ease the rules for laying off employees and to suspend cash-outs for department workers. Officials say the steps were necessary to get a handle on the city's already tenuous financial state. The city filed for bankruptcy protection on August 1st, citing concerns about being able to make the August 15th payroll. 
Also in San Bernardino, an investigation is underway in East San Bernardino where a man was shot outside a liquor store. Gunfire erupted outside Palm Liquor near Highland and Palm Avenues yesterday afternoon around 3.15. The unidentified victim was taken to a local hospital for treatment. A possible gunman was not identified. Police say it was the second shooting in the area that day. And Cal State San Bernardino is among the greatest colleges to work for. The Chronicle of Higher Education asked faculty and staff what they thought of their schools based on one dozen categories. Cal State University San Bernardino was recognized for its facilities, workplace, and security. A total of 103 schools were included on that list. And Inland Empire officials are urging residents to get out tonight during National Night Out. The event gives people a chance to meet their neighbors and law enforcement while learning more about anti-crime strategies. Local cities taking part include Riverside, Rancho Cucamonga, and San Bernardino. And now turning to state news. The state legislator is back from summer recess and the rush is on to pass pending bills by the end of the month. Some of the high-profile bills being considered include one that would ban the use of dogs to hunt bears and bobcats. And another bill would allow red... Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.